morning and welcome to Tobin Talks. I am your host, Tina Hove, and today we have the audio associate for the Manitoban Tawana here with us on the interview. We are interviewing Jeff Consul today, and uh, we're just going to be doing a quick chat about masculinity and uh, what it means in our understanding of that. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Hey, Tina. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jeff. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your background and kind of what got you into the topic of masculinity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Jeff Consul, and I work currently in Malaysia. I'm uh, originally nice. from Canada. But uh, yeah, I actually spent a little bit of time uh, from 2013 to 2016 in Winnipeg uh, mm -hmm. working as, uh, as a business coach until I got swept up in online businesses and, and kind of brought around the world. And, and now I kind of settled at Mind Valley, which is a large, very cool tech ed company in, uh, that's based out of Malaysia, but uh, we have worldwide clients everywhere. And a lot of the work I do is with uh, bringing tech education to different organizations these days. So designing, learning, and helping employees really get their well-being all sorted out. So that way, uh, people are being better taken care of at work. <laughs> that's, 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 that's me right now, but lots of other things as well. Nice, man, nice. And what got you interested in masculinity as a topic? Well, I think I, there's a part of the reason is uh, I'm a man. So I think that uh, discussing masculinity is probably uh, an important aspect of, uh, of our lives. I think more importantly, discussing what role masculinity should be playing in the future is kind of something that I've been thinking about lots over the last couple of years in terms of how we how we set up masculinity and, and those gender expectations and specifically at the workplace is a lot of the work that I do. So, um, or I'm, I'm interested in thinking about in the next few years as I do more coaching and development in healthy masculinity. Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty cool, man. And so you say you were in coach, uh, you worked as a business coach. Um, did you did you see any any roles that masculinity was playing in there um, in terms of the business world? Oh, absolutely. Um, masculinity and uh, masculinity, gender, and race all have an impact all the time, constantly in business, whether it's new entrepreneurism or large organization structure. Um, your your gender has an impact on everything from the types of people that you'll be working with and the assumptions that people are going to make about your work and masculinity has a huge list of expectations whether you're trying to compete against the uh, a primarily male dominated uh group of employees usually usually we, there's uh, uh men have a, a bigger role in uh in these workplaces and that's actually a problem in itself but but um the work i'm doing in masculinity over the next couple of years is really discussing exactly how does masculinity fit into our expectations in the work environment including uh or more specifically for men obviously uh if i'm doing coaching work it doesn't always make sense to be uh doing coaching work with women on the impacts of masculinity so i'm working with a lot of guys on that Oh, well, I don't know, man. Like for me, it kind of sounds like it's something that should go both ways, right? Like if, if we're doing coaching 
for masculinity aren't women affected by masculinity, I guess, if they're going to be in roles like organizations that are like male dominated, right? So wouldn't that education be helpful both ways? Yeah. <clears throat> well, lots of industries are male dominated right now. And, and it doesn't make sense to go into kind of the debate on how or why that happens. The issue that we're currently seeing is that there's a glass ceiling for lots of women trying to make their way into different roles. And we want to eliminate that. We want to make sure that there's equal opportunity for folks. And for men specifically, in terms of chatting with women about masculinity, I, <laughs> I remember us talking a couple of weeks about this. Yeah. Uh, frank, frankly, women don't need more education on masculinity. Men should be chatting about masculinity with themselves. Uh, frankly, the complaints are in and uh, the requests <laughs> to improve our masculinity are all online. We, we can actually fix these things by reflecting and discussing the feedback that we've gotten so far. Uh, mm -hmm. All you have to do is type Am I the app? <laughs> am I the uh, am I the jerk on Reddit? And you'll be able to find those complaints, right? So cool. Well, Tawana, do you have anything to say about that? Um, I would say I agree and kind of disagree. I think I believe that women should be a part of the conversation as well because, um. Well, simply the fact that we have to live with men. Okay, that came out a bit wrong, but you know, we do live on this earth with men as well. And so an issue to one is an issue to all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's not like this conversation needs to happen exclusively with men. Uh, I think where I'm coming from is usually if I'm having chats with uh, improving masculinity or improving how we want to be looking at ourselves, some of the, the first responses I get once we do start getting a little bit more into conversations with each other, and that's like me chatting with other men, is, oh, we should be talking about how we need to introduce healthy masculinity to women and educate them on how they can support men for a better masculinity. And that's where my response is like, nah, man, like we have to work on fixing ourselves. We don't need we don't need to rely necessarily on women to tell or educate women to go as far as that to explain to them how they need to support a better healthier masculinity that's just that's terrible right i think that uh women being involved with the conversation they always have been right they continue to be they are the reason why we're having conversations around masculinity and the patriarchy today so it's not that I'm going to be like, no, they should never be a part of the conversation. It's that the expectation should never be that it starts with educating women when, quite frankly, women have always been bringing this up. And the, that's kind of what I meant is like the complaints are in. It's like we've got the feedback. We, we need to work on the feedback, not just uh, swing around and say, oh, how are you going to help us too? So that's where I was coming from is um, there's a lot of different places for people to talk about uh, toxic masculinity and healthy masculinity. And I think men need more space for them to start uh, taking up, stepping up and taking responsibility for that conversation themselves as well. No, that makes, that, that makes sense. I think, I, I guess it also kind of comes down to how masculinity started to be 
who made masculinity masculinity right um, and an interesting thing that I learned in you know in in my um, comparative politics class I believe um, was so during the first or second world war one of the two world wars um, when women were looking for the right to vote it was actually granted to women who had men or husbands that were in the army right that had gone to serve granted the right to vote so you know a lot of the conversation that goes around you know masculinity is you know you know what makes you a man so kind of that conversation started to shift into like oh you know you're only a man if you go and fight in the war and you know this this whole macho thing because of you know the right to vote and that kind of manipulation right so i i think like the the point i'm trying to raise there um like you say, it's not like we're saying women should, should not be in the conversation at all. Um, I, I think my thing would be like, where does it kind of come into the fact of who starts to define masculinity, right? So in that situation, masculinity started being defined by women because, you know, we want the right to vote, therefore masculinity is going to be going to be brave and fighting the war, right? So kind of having that conversation about who, does, who defines masculinity, you know, like, uh, do, do you have any thoughts on that and that just that definition of where that comes from? Talking about where masculinity comes from is a long conversation mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's a there's a lot and there's I I definitely wouldn't be able to speak on on that in terms of oh yeah this is this is most certainly the source of masculine like that's not going to yeah. happen. However, yeah. uh, if the conversation is who defines masculinity, well, it's, it's mm -hmm. everyone, right? Mm. Uh, masculinity is something that everyone can share so another in like another thing to point out is masculinity doesn't just belong to men mm. women can express masculinity as well right mm. so when we're when we're talking about the work that i'm interested in having a conversation on that is exactly around that conversation is what does healthy masculinity look like we have a very clear idea of what toxic masculinity is starting to look like because we're seeing it everywhere. We're labeling it, we're identifying it, and we're, we're speaking up about it. We're saying this is clearly unhealthy for relationships, these expressions of masculinity. Mm. However, that, that, leaves a, that leaves room for us to start having conversations like, well, what does masculinity look like? What does a healthy masculinity look like? Who are models of healthy masculinity and what should, be we, what should we recognize? What mm. I think is hilarious <laughs> is this unhealthy feedback, this weird feedback loop where you get like the, the trope of the nice guy saying, look how great I am. Shouldn't I be recognized for how great I am for all my great masculinity? And that in itself, that, that give me my reward because of how good I am is a form of unhealthy masculinity as well, right? Well, that, that's that interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple there's a couple of notes there. In the end, we have a responsibility to define masculinity in healthier ways, both as men and as women and as, as a society. And that's a part of the conversation I would I'm interested in being a part of is where does that come from and how do we how do we decide that together? Actually, you bring up an interesting point. The the, the nice guy finish finishes last point, mm -hmm. you know. Is, is something that when you're like look at me i'm such a nice person you should reward me for being such a nice decent human being yeah <laughs> right and and then you've got the nice guys are like well if i'm nice then you know 
I don't get, I don't get positive feedback from being nice. But then when I'm not so nice, I get rewarded for not being nice, right? And kind of that that feedback loop you're talking about, right? And actually, you don't, a lot of it's yeah. it's not about is I should I should point that out is uh get it, you don't get rewarded for not acting nice. You're mm. explo you're exploiting the system by not acting nice. There's a difference between being rewarded and cheating, right? Okay, not acting, not acting nice includes lying. It includes mm -hmm. taking advantage of people's trust. It mm -hmm. it includes leveraging positions of privilege so that way you can take advantage or exploit other people, and mm -hmm. uh, all of those things. When you when you have the paradigm, it's like, oh, if nice guys finish last, and I guess I got to be a a bad guy to 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 get rewarded. It's not reward. It's cheating. You're 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 getting an obvious advantage from misbehaving in a way that that hurts other people. So mm -hmm. calling it a reward is, is something that we should look at as well because that's that's not cool. Yeah. No, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Tawana, you you are nodding very vigorously. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's not a reward, but. It certainly does get you ahead. And I think that's where I'd say the issue is. Is that yeah, as you say, as you put it, cheating isn't a reward, but it does get you to where you feel you need it to be. Sure is effective. Yeah, most certainly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I get I guess that's one that feedback loop would be something that um, a conversation, like you said, on healthy masculinity is something we need to look look at, right? What does the what does the feedback loop for for healthy masculinity is? And I guess that goes into the first into like questions we were starting to define. Like, in order to give something feedback, we have to first define what it is we're giving feedback to, right? So most people would be like, you know, being a nice being a nice guy would be that thing that they are looking at as you know healthy masculinity. You know, ways like you know, opening opening the door. You know, be being being um, you know, texting first, double texting, and and, and such, uh, according to the internet, right? And, and the expectation is to get positive feedback for for that, right? Um, I, I think the conversation there would be so like, from kind of your thoughts on it, what does healthy behavior look like? I think we had a conversation before on you know the the insult conversation where this is of people right we're like i'm so great but you know i don't get a i i don't manage to be in a healthy relationship even though i am behaving in a way that would supposedly deem you know respectable you know so yeah. i we should we can actually pick one thing out of this because there's a couple yes. of things that need to change in terms of how oh. we're, like we're phrasing this this like this the paradigm at, at place right now is that somehow there are people who there's there's kind of two sides there's the good guy and then there's the bad guy and the bad guy <laughs> is currently do he's he's acting in all of the ways that you might expect to get mm -hmm. an advantage over other people which we had just addressed and then right now our, our statement our scenario is that somehow there's this good guy who's currently mm -hmm. suffering and he's he's in He's in a place of hurt because he's living a life of virtue and he's not being recognized. And that's why, so I would like to point out and circle in a big red marker that the good guy is also expression, an expression of toxic masculinity. Oh, so interesting. If you're a, a good guy, air quotes, mm -hmm. good guy, and you show up every day and you're super supportive and 
you are uh, you're doing all of the right things in a relationship with the people around you in terms of how you reflect your masculinity with the expectation that you're going to be treated well because of it. It's a mm. form of unhealthy masculinity. You're you're only doing these things for a self-servicing reason. It's it's the same as some guy saying, "What do you mean? I took you out. I bought you dinner. I thought I was going to get to go home with you tonight." And that's complete. That's garbage, right? That's that's mm-hmm. this expectation, and it is a form of of toxic masculinity, right? Mm. If we define healthy masculinity. It's it's almost like when once upon a time when we were painters and mm-hmm. if a paint if a painter paints a house finishes it does a good job and runs on time and then they're done, mm-hmm. it would be strange to be like congratulations you did everything that you were supposed to today. You don't applaud a person for being what they're supposed to be. So if a uh, person if we agree in society that respecting people and their time is important reciprocating and taking time to make space for other people is important supporting other people in relationships is important and making sure that we uh we take our time and we're not just always focused on ourselves is important it it's it's nice to know that there are people like that but no guy should be like i expect a wife and and some kids for this right like that's that's not how it works right that right there that expectation and entitlement is a problem right so I propose that healthy masculinity just looks like guys waking up and behaving in certain ways without the expectation that somehow they're going to be better off for it. Uh, they, we should be doing things because they're the right things to do, not because there's someone who's going to reward us for them, right? And I, I, I'm avoiding a lot of different statements right now because again, masculinity, uh, can be extended to men, women, non-binary, queer individuals, and that expression can can be extended, mm. not just reserved for men, right? And for healthy masculinity, my proposal is that we broaden the different qualities and characteristics. So when we all think of what does healthy masculinity look like, it's more inclusive. So that way, lots of different people can fit in that role. And mm-hmm. if we make room for that, then we're going to have more accepting and healthy forms of masculine. For example, uh, anyone who decides or people who dress uh, in gender fluid ways, but still would ca- call themselves cishet men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to express uh, femininity as a man and still be like, you know what? He's still a very masculine individual, right? Uh, inviting uh, women to express masculinity in the form of making our workplaces more accessible for women, allowing them to be, uh, or opening up the gates for women to express uh, masculinity in or the characteristics that are typically associated with masculinity in the form of leadership and expressing power and not having to always have to compete against that, right? So we need to open up the doors for masculinity as a whole. Tawana, do you have anything to add on that? Um, well, I have a comment on how what you said about um, women expressing masculinity in the workplace. Um, don't you think that is, what can I say? That, that is, doesn't that come from toxic masculinity as well? Because I feel that um, for women to um, to feel like you're being taken seriously, you have to appear more masculine totally yeah totally which is not not toxic yeah 
Oh yeah. Well, mm -hmm. so now though, like again, when when we're talking about these characteristics over time, the characteristics are going to be fluid, right? So for example, courageous. To me, I've always thought women were much more courageous than men, but courage is kind of typically associated with masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. And over over the next thousand years, we don't know if courage is going to be something that's more associated with women than with men, right? So those those aspects, those characteristics are going to move in how how we we expect those gender roles to be performed. Now, assertiveness, tenacity, competitiveness, leadership, outspokenness are all qualities in the workplace that would be typically associated and reserved for men. However, the company, the organization I work for with at Mind Valley, uh, we have like 60 or 70 percent women population at, at, at the company as, across the executive teams and the leadership, and they are all courageous and outspoken, and they, they all express forms, uh, characteristics that are typically male-coded, right? So that doesn't lead to unhealthy masculinity. <clears throat> what would lead to unhealthy masculinity is when you take a, uh, a young woman who's been taught to lean in and you have to behave like a man, which means that you have to adopt all the unhealthy characteristics of ma manhood as well, such as violence or having to chirp people down or knocking people down a couple of pegs to make sure that they understand what place they're in and being power hungry for power. Those might be examples of certain qualities that uh, you have an issue with, like violence and bullying and, uh, and that. However, if I wanted to tap in as a, as a man in my office setting and express different forms that might be considered more feminine, being empathetic, listening, uh, being more compassionate towards other individuals, being more nurturing, I as a man can express femininity and it not challenge what my gender is. And hilariously enough, what we're hoping for, what society is hoping for is that guys opening up themselves and their hearts to expressing other things would actually be called healthy masculinity, right? Which is funny, which is funny because what that would mean is you can perform as a man aspects of femininity and be considered a healthy, healthy man. That's, that's healthy masculinity, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Tawana, does that make sense to you? Did I put yeah, pressure makes... on you? Um, it doesn't have to make sense. Out. <laughs> it's okay if it doesn't. No, like, so are you saying that hopefully in the future, it won't be femininity or masculinity, they'll just be human traits? No, uh, I don't think that will ever be the case. You can't, there's still, there's still going to be women, there's still going to be men, there's still going to be non-binary individuals. What I'm really excited about is what, like, in the, in the next thousand years when we become, uh, when we reach the fact that gender is kind of a spectrum, what does healthy healthy uh is like what 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 is not masculinity and femininity but in between right like those conversations are kind of cool what does what does uh i've been thinking about that a lot what are the characteristics of a, a non-binary individual expressing themselves because you'll see a mix of everything which is so cool all along i thought that the world was kind of moving toward not putting labels on things and just that people are people. But what I do understand, I think what I learned was that other than let's not put labels on anything, it's kind of like things are more spectrum rather than no labels, if you get what I mean. So what, there are kind of two schools of thought right now. 
school school thought one and i am not prepared to have this conversation because uh my partner could probably speak to this really really well but um homogenization is not the answer right one people it's it's the equivalent of uh not putting labels on it it's like i thought we were just one race and one people right <laughs> right and we know we know the problems with that right so mm -hmm. opening up our expression our ability to express different things is not the same as not putting labels on it right um and that there's there's a there's a discussion here <laughs> there's a really big discussion here right uh, I think that we want to seek to understand all of the different types of labels and make more room and make it inclusive. We want to include lots of people to express themselves in very unique ways, because I think we see the value in, <clears throat> we see the, the harm in making everything the same, and we want to have a lot of diversity, right? But uh, we have to, we have to be able to, uh, do exactly what you said. I, as a man, as someone who's like, no, I'm a man and I like to sew, I like to cook, I like to clean, I like to dance and I like to sing. I like to wear dresses and skirts sometimes, but I'm a dude and I'm a, I'm a guy. We have to live in a world where that's okay, right? Because if we can, the rewards for that are these really interesting and killer, brilliant, people think about every single rock and roll star that's come out in the last hundred years is some form of gender bend their way to fame like in a lot of different ways right but they are still because of the way they behave considered absolutely like rock stars are manly men with painted nails and long hair wearing tight fitted jeans but they're yeah. rock stars right they're the exception right like they ride that line of masculinity but somehow they're they're performing femininity in a lot of ways, right? Or what we would call femininity. So we have to have the labels there to find out where we're performing. But in what you said, I thought we were not putting labels on anything. Well, we need to, because we the labels are a location on a geography, but the ability to travel through all of those locations is what we want to open up right mm -hmm. it's not putting a label on me it's putting on a label of how i'm performing right and that's okay so that's there's a there's, i think there's a cool conversation there no awesome um well we're just gonna wrap up here any any final thoughts or words before we we call it a call it a morning yeah i think so i think having this conversation about masculinity and gender is awkward and it's tough and it's hard to get your head around sometimes, but it's important mm -hmm. to grind against that information, right? Hmm. Because if we expose ourselves to it consistently and get ourselves uncomfortable with terms that we're not familiar with, it allows us to, to learn and grow as people. And mm -hmm. the expectation by learning about these things is not that all of a sudden you have to completely buy in but if you understand what I've what I've discovered is by listening to the logic of why people have created these terms, they're made by very ordinary and intelligent people like healthy masculinity or or terms like this. Right. And if you take a moment to learn what the logic is behind them, why they were invented and why this language came about, it makes a lot of sense. Right. It's it, it's actually not as complicated as, as people make it out to be. It just needs to be a part of our regular conversation.
So I just appreciate you guys taking the time to to open up a conversation on it. I could I could probably chat about different elements of this for like hours, but I'm grateful because if a couple more people are kind of looking up terms like healthy masculinity because of, they're listening to this, that's great.